Today is Sunday, June the 12th, 2016. We're here in Independence, Kansas with John and Nancy Kishpa and Gary Miller Hun from New Zealand. Gary, um, tell me a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind stating your name, your age, your birth date, and all the relevant facts. Okay. My name is Gary Edward Hun. Uh, I was born in Wellington, New Zealand. I'm 72 years of age, born on the 6th of May, 1944. But after several years, I found out that my natural father was an American Marine. And what was his name? Uh, it was Jack Edward Miller. And he lived in Independence, Kansas. Wow. Um, what was your mother's name? Uh, my mother was Betty Nugent McCulloch, uh, but she was known as Colleen. She never ever used the, the uh, Christian name Betty. How do you spell Colin? C-O-L-L-E-N. And how did, how did uh, she meet your father? Your birth father. Hmm? Your birth father. Yeah. During the Second World War, the 8th Marine Division uh, of the Army were sent to a uh, place in Paikokariki, which is north of Wellington, known as Mackay's Crossing. And that was their headquarters for their uh, debarkment to Guadalcanal and latterly, later to uh, uh, Tarawa. Uh, Tarawa was the place where my natural father was, was killed. And when did you find out about all of that? I was actually quite old um, when I found out, but I did realise for many, many years that my stepfather was not my natural father, um, especially when my two brothers and sister were born. Uh, but my mother would never divulge any information. She was a very private person, so I never ever uh, uh, pestered her for information. But we always had, my grandmother always used to refer to me because we lived at home uh, with my grandmother for a few years before she met uh, Roy, uh, Egbert Roy Hun, who was my uh, stepfather. They lived at home for several years. My grandmother always referred to me as Gary Edward Miller Hun. So it was always in the back of my mind that my natural father must have had the surname Miller. And with a young lad, this, this plays on the mind, especially when you see your brother and sisters growing up, or sister, uh, and they're fair-skinned, freckles, gingery white hair, uh -huh. and you were born blonde, but a dark and olive complexion. And so, you know, I always knew there was a, 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 another father in my background somewhere. What's your earliest memory? I know when I was four years of age, uh, my favourite auntie, Beverly, who was like a big sister to me and still is today, I still refer to her as my big sister. She was holding my hand outside the church when my stepfather and mother got married. 
Ah. So, so I, you know, that was another thing that uh-huh. I was made to stay outside the church oh. um, when Mum and the stepdad uh, got married. So then I knew that uh-huh. he, de- he definitely wasn't my father. Yes. But then that, as a little boy, that it didn't worry me too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it came to a head, I was in a Bank Peninsula uh, devotional at the time, and I had a staff member's wife come and tell me a sad story about her husband that was just in hospital, and it was she she was so distraught and cut up about it that it gave me some complex that I was feeling with her and I lost my breath. Um, I think that's hypertension. Yes. It it, it is, it's it's hypertension. Yeah, so I was having trouble for the next five minutes after she left and I had to go into the doctors into Akaroa because I, I got quite worried. And he asked me if there were any symptoms in the family, the heart and etc, etc, as doctors do. And I said, well unfortunately on my father's side uh, I don't know anything about the family history. And he said, well it might pay to get a check just in case. So that's when I rang home that night when I got back after work and spoke to my stepfather who immediately said, just a minute, son, I'll hand you on to your mother. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had a good talk with mum, and she apologised profusely and said various things why she didn't want like to tell me because of the complex I had when I went to a movie and saw cowboys and Indians or anything American that the Americans, in my mind, seemed to blow things out of proportion, so I thought it was... They were just a load of bullshit artists. <laughs> and of course, my, my mother felt that I might try and murder a shark <laughs> if she told me I was an American. But um, it wouldn't have been that bad anyway. But um, no, we settled down and mum, mum wrote me a nice long letter and explained the situation, how she'd met Jack and... Papa, my grandfather, used to invite the American boys um, up home. He had seven daughters, and uh, it's just for them to get to know someone from overseas and, and to hear about their country, um, which I carried on doing in my later life when I saw a hitchhiker on the road. If he appeared or she appeared to be a foreign person, I would pick them up and give them a, a night, uh, a bed for the night. But they had to tell my kids all about their uh, their oh, country, and uh-huh. uh, so that passed on down from my my father, my grandfather, and we get a lot. We st- we would still do that today if if we saw someone out on the road, but we're hitchhiking. We would tell them they're a foreigner. We would invite them home, and wow. just to hear about their country. Mm. So, what did you think? Um, when you found out about that, what what caused you to come to independence? Okay, um, when my girls found out, um, another thing about Jack, he always apparently told uh, my grandmother and and the uh, the other girls that he thought back 
and a, a great grandma or back in one of those uh, those lines on the female line that he had Cherokee blood in him and of course my uh, two girls uh, absolutely were absolutely wrapped with that information so they said come on dad we've got to find out more about this mm -hmm. so I said okay so Leanne started uh, with the genealogy and uh, she got quite a fair way too and then I found we, we'd come to a bit of a standstill, so I rang the Kansas Library, but unfortunately got the wrong library, and I was put onto the Independent uh, Library in Kansas, and I was either put onto someone in the office or I spoke to you direct, I just can't remember which, but I know I was somehow ended up with speaking with you, Nancy, and found out that you were really into genealogy and had been since you were about 13 years of age mm -hmm. and I thought, crack it, this is exactly <laughs> the woman I'm after. Yeah. So we got talking and from there you and I have been sending emails backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards and then it got to the stage where in May was the wife and I's 50th wedding anniversary, uh, sorry in the April and in May we both had our birthdays there, so she started saving up her pension money, which started at seventy, at sixty-five, and she's now sixty-eight. So she saved up all her three years of pension money and said, mm -hmm. "We're going to go overseas and see my family in the UK, and then we're going to swing on round. We're going to uh, go and see my other uncle up in uh, the top of British Columbia." Yeah, uh, yeah. Vancouver. Vancouver Island. So we went there as well. And while we were there, she said, we'll, we'll, we'll go and take the boat trip to Alaska and then we'll come back from there. We'll, we'll get to uh, Seattle and then we'll take the train across to Chicago and then come down to Tulsa and up to Independence. And then I said, well, if we're going that far, I would like to go to uh, The Rock. Uh -huh. And uh, it's something I've always wanted. So she said, okay, well, we won't go to LA to fly back to New Zealand. We'll go to San Francisco. So that's how the whole thing has come to pass because I don't like flying. The last time she went overseas, I made her go on her own with her sister. But with it being our anniversary and two birthdays, I couldn't hardly refuse. Mm -hmm. And she paid the whole lot, so I definitely couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She told me she was really glad she made you come. Um, yeah. So when was your anniversary? What day is your anniversary? 28th of April. Tw uh, 24th. 24th, is it? 24th. Yeah, 24th, 24th of April sounds right. <laughs> and then our birthdays are May, mine's the 6th and hers is the 18th. Okay. So, uh, let's go back to growing up. Tell me about school. What was school like in New Zealand? School was, school was pretty good for me. Uh, we went to a school uh, which was at the top of the Ridgeway track from where my grandparents lived. Um, and it was called Ridgeway School. And I was only there for about six months, I think, and then my mother sent me to another school in Brooklyn, which I had to take a bus ride to. But the reason for that was that there was a young girl who used to sit behind me in school who used to chew chewing gum. 
and she would continually stick it in the back of my hair. <laughs> there was nothing the teacher could do about it. This little beast could just continue to keep doing it. So anyway, they, they apparently changed me around the classroom, but she still challenged me to this sticking the chewing gum on the back of your head. <laughs> so I got taken out of that school and sent to another, sent to another one. And then from there, uh, I went to another school in Burrampur, um, which was down from where we lived. Um, and after that, my, f my stepfather uh, got a job with the police force. Uh, he, he'd come back from overseas and he had a postal run. He was a postman for a while and got a job in the police force. And they shifted, this was after they married of course, and they shifted out to Island Bay and we lived in Island Bay for quite a while. Um, and also in Island Bay there's a band rotunda there which I thought after a few years, there may have been something about the Marines on that, but there wasn't. But I found something about my great-grandfather, um, who was involved in the Maori, early Maori Wars. So that was, that was interesting. But we lived there for a while, and then my father got the... Uh, we shifted out to Titahi Bay. Um, that's a big state housing area that um, was built after the Second World War to house a lot of the people from overseas and their families. So we lived there for 12 and a half years. Um, so I did the majority of my major primary schooling there, um, standards for first and second grade. And I did my college uh, there, but through at a place called uh, Elsdon. And I went through the third, fourth and fifth forms there. I was just turning 15 then, and one of my dad's friends, who worked, he was the accountant for National Cash Register Company, offered um, to take me on as a junior and uh, get me a job with that company. So the parents put it to me, and of course, loving school like I did, I jumped at the idea <laughs> of uh, going. I, I used to get jived a wee bit by two particular college uh, teachers at colleges, probably like your high school here and, or even your, um, your next grade. Uh, I used to get jived about my surname and you know that, that, that got me anti the establishment. Once, that, once, once I got that given to me, that got me anti. So the third form I was doing pretty good. Fourth form I started going down because I had this one niggly smart teacher that used to chuck off. If I made a noise, he used to check me, but also refer back to the Germany and, and my surname. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I wasted time trying to tell them it wasn't German, but anyway. And then in the fifth form, I ended up with another one um, who, funnily enough, I found out years later, he was a music teacher and his name was Mr. Snell. S-N-E-L-L, -L. and I found out years later that his name was actually Snell, Z-N-E-L-L. -E -E and I thought, now good God, if that wasn't more German than, than me, I don't know what was. But he always used to take the mickey out of it, you know. Jive back with the Germany and you say, honey, it's just that good. And because I, I just got real anti, real anti the, um, the system. But, um, 
One of the funniest things that happened to me when I left primary school and went to college was the very first day of assembly, I got called over, hauled over the coals uh, right before tent, uh, assembly started because a chap behind me stuck a wax mat, lit a wax match and put it in the back of my leg. Because you know, they stick to your leg and you can't pull them off. So I turned around and bopped this guy and his teacher saw me. Said, that boy there, 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 I'll see you after assembly. So I first day of college and I got four cane round the bump. Ooh, <laughs> wow. But that, 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 was, that was interesting. Uh-huh. We got a few more of those during the years. Yes. I wasn't a goody goody. <laughs> Only thing we never got called for was smoking down the back of the uh, school in the in the bushes. We we we, we could have got expelled probably for that, but we never got caught doing that. But you were doing that. Yeah, we yeah. were doing that. It was yeah. a group. There was a group of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I also used to spend a lot of time uh, when, when we were in Tidai Bay going over the farm, we had a farm behind us, so I spent all after school and all my weekends and holidays on a, a sheep farm for a number of years, um, which is where I got my interest in the land and, and animals. And Did you have animals growing up? Only dogs and cats. Um, I tried, tried horses and they, they, I told you the story about the horse, that I had to give that up. But um, it was a bit too strong for me. Tell tell me the story about the horse again. Oh, Just this was this was when when we used to take bike rides from. Uh, I had an aunt. One of my aunties lived in Paraparam, and she her daughters always had horses, and we used to bike up there and ride these horses, and so that got me really interested in, in the horses. So when I went to Inglewood, I got friendly with a, a young fella that he had horses out on his farm and they had this beautiful big uh, horse that they used to hunt called Gentleman Joe, about 60 hands high. And uh, I gave Mr McNichol $50 for this horse but he said I want to see you ride it first. So I got on its back and was taking it up the paddock and at the end of the paddock there was a fence and this horse just took off and he was going straight for this fence. So I dropped one side of the rein and grabbed the other and I had his head round on the side of him. And he still kept going for this. Well, you imagine a, a 17, uh, 17 year old on the back of a wild horse like this. I was terrified. And just, I still hung onto the rein with his head round just before the fence he stopped. But I slowly grabbed the other rein, cantered back to him and he said, I think the horse is too strong for your son. And I said, I think you're right, Mr. McNichol, and he gave me my 50 pound back. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't bother about trying to own a horse after uh -huh. that. I yes. just rode every other person's horses. Wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but no, I, I had a pretty good upbringing, really. Um, early days, uh, I belonged to a surf club. Um, I did a couple of paper rounds, I did a, uh, a six day a week, weekly round at night time and I also did a sports post round which was a Saturday night um, to do with all the sports of the, the week and the, and the, and the day um, and that was to help my parents buy my clothes and things, things I wanted to buy myself 
which you know in those days uh, the parents weren't over overly well paid even in the police force mm-hmm. the policeman didn't get a great deal of money uh, in the early days but um, I did all this too and and I belonged to the scouts I went through clubs scouts senior scouts um, patrol leader so I you know I had a terrific time as a boy Nothing I ever regret, I suppose. I suppose I regret making Shanghai's and busting the street lamp uh, lights, but... Uh, Doing what? Breaking the street, the bulbs and ah. the, the street lights. That was always one of our favourite activities. <laughs> <laughs> huh. but, um, but that's about the worst we used to get up to, I think. Uh-huh. But, um, then when my father got a transfer to Taranaki when I was working for the National Cash Register Company, uh, the boss, Mr. Pike, wanted to keep me on and train me as uh, a sales rep for the accounting machine side, I think it was. But because of my friends I had, my mother thought it would be too much of a re- there'd be too much of a rebellion for me to stay down there. So she said, "You're definitely coming up with us to Inglewood soon." So I went up there and uh, managed to get a job with the local authority, the Inglewood Borough Council. Uh, I stayed with them for six and a half years and worked my way up to assistant town clerk. Uh, and then what, what does the town clerk do? The town clerk is, is probably the same as you have in independence here. He's like your general manager. He's responsible for overseeing all the departments. Um, so but I was in a smaller one, so in our one, the, the town clerk was responsible for uh, preparing the estimates, preparing the balance sheets, um, uh, organising the council's activities, um, supplying them with reports on whatever was required. So it was really just the general operating of the township. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a job came up with the Woodville Borough Council and my boss said to me, well put in for that Gary. And I said, well, I don't think I quite got the experience for that yet, uh, Ray. And he said, look, what I can't teach you in the next few months, uh, he said, you'll be as good as gold. So I put in for that job and managed to uh, get it and never got another thing taught to me from my my boss because he didn't have time. So <laughs> I went and the only thing I wasn't sure what to do was how to, to do a balance sheet, um, the estimates and the looking after the council and minutes and all this. I, I knew all about that. But that was the only thing that had me worried, but I had a good friend that I met over in another local authority, Martin, uh, Martin Borough Council, and he said, uh, look, don't worry about that, Gary, when it comes around time to do in the balance sheet, my assistant and I'll come over and we'll, uh, we'll run through it with you and uh, we'll put you on the right track. So that was grand, we, uh, we, we did that. As it worked out, I was the youngest town clerk in New Zealand at the time, I wasn't the youngest to be appointed, but I was the youngest at the time. The youngest was a friend of mine, uh, Colin Tuhill, who was in Waitara, and uh, he was the town clerk there during the Second World War, because uh, there weren't that many uh, uh, men around then, and he was, I think he was about 20, um, so he beat me in that respect. But uh, So how old were you when you became town clerk? I was 23.
you got to be quiet though. <laughs> um. So that was that. Uh, yeah, that was then. And then while we were in uh, in uh, Woodville, we were in Woodville for five years, and then the position of county clerk over on the Chatham Islands, which is about eight hundred uh, miles out from New Zealand, uh, out in the ocean, uh, that came up, and I just looked at that and was it, it quite took my eye, but. I put it to the wife and said, now here's a job, I'm going to let you say yes or no because it's an isolated island and uh, you can tell me whether you'd like to take the family over there and, and live there for a while. So she hummed and hard and in the end agreed, so we went over there and we were there for just over four years and had to really leave because my eldest daughter was uh, due for high school and we didn't get the bursaries that the island children got. Mm -hmm. um, so we waited for the next job to come up in, in the mainland and that came up at the Akaroa County Council. So I applied for and managed to get that job. So we shifted out to the South Island of, of New Zealand and we were there for uh, about four and a half years. And then Nora's father got very, very ill um, and they were back up in the North Island and it was a bit expensive to take five children and ourselves up there every time he was going to be on his deathbed. So a job came up with the Egmont County Council in the North Island so I put in for that one and I was fortunate in getting that one as well. And after we got up there, uh, Nora's father, its health improved, probably because we were there. Probably. And he lived for many years after that. So I needn't have really had, had, had to shift that in the first place. Now, you, you skipped a part. How did you and Nora meet? How did we meet? Uh-huh. And where? And when? We, we met in Inglewood. And what is her full name? It's Nora Daisy Gordon. Uh, and the Gordon, her father, is, was a very staunch Scotsman, a short one. <laughs> we met when, when, uh, when we, about a year, a year after we arrived in Englewood, Nora started working for a dry cleaning company, which was along the road that, uh, from my office, uh, and we used to take all our dry cleaning there. So I went along there with some clothing one day and saw this young lass in the shop and just said hello and, and that was all. And coming out of the shop I had to go around and see a friend of mine who had a, a bicycle shop and I went around and was talking to this guy and I said, have you, you seen the new chick down at the, high, uh, the, the dry cleaners? And he said, no, no, what does she look like? So I explained. Oh, he says, that sounds interesting. So I said, I'll give you a race to take her out. <laughs> so that was all right. I virtually went straight back down to the uh, dry cleaners, not quite, but um, Nellie, and said, uh, would you like to come out for lunch today? <laughs> was that how it went? I'm not in this conversation. <laughs> You're allowed to come out to, for lunch today, so we did, and we went and had lunch at uh, 
cleaners, um, a little shop there. And from there on, invited to the pictures that night, and, and we, it, that was that was it. We we became an item, uh, uh -huh. and we dated for about. Oh, over 14 months. Yeah. It was a year, over a year anyway. It's, um, can you remember, dear? How long were we? Oh, about 18 months. 18, 18 months, yeah. Maybe two years. And um, then we decided to get married, and, and uh, that was it. That was. Mm -hmm. The story of my childhood and, and uh, leading up to adult, proper adulthood. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your children. Our children. We have five children. We have had, for a start, three girls, all three years apart, because I, I believed in a bit of family planning. Um, and after the third child, I said to the wife, well, we'll have to have another crack at trying to get a son, because I don't want to prolifically breed like a rabbit and breed daughters. I said, if we don't get a son this time, we'll adopt a little boy. So I think I must have put all frightness into her because <laughs> she had twin boys and they were actually born on my birthday, which was, was a double whammy. We were living in the Chatham Islands at the time and as soon as the doctors found out that she was having a, a dual pregnancy, she had to be sent out to Wellington Hospital uh, because there was only one incubator on the island. So I lost her for about three months. And oh. the, the other three girls and I were on our own with a, a good friend on the island. And um, yeah, she had the twins. And we had a traffic officer down for the first time the Chatham Islands ever had a traffic officer on the island. And he was in my office at the time when I got the phone call from Nora in Wellington Hospital to say that she'd given birth to twin boys. So I'm just on the phone with this phone call and I'm just, oh yeah, that's good, yeah, fine. Great, yeah, good on you. Clever girl, yeah, right. Okay, all right. So I hung up and then said to the traffic officer, is it too early to come and have a beer? This was just about quarter to 12, you see. Is it too early to come and have a beer? And he said, oh, I don't drink on the job. I said, no, no, cut it out. You're here on our invitation. You're not here as a, 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 a the member of the uh, road transport. Oh, no, no. And I said, well, that phone call happened to be from my wife in Wellington Hospital, and she's just given birth to my twin sons. Oh, hell, he said, let's go. He said, that's good enough. <laughs> so we shot down to the, the hotel and we had um, ex telephone exchanges in the Chathams. So the operator had heard all this, so it started getting round the island mm -hmm. and within a half an hour in the hotel, it was full. <laughs> Hun shout. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And if it, that wasn't bad enough, on the Monday night, uh, after it was my fire brigade night that cost me a shout again so uh, a lot of them double dipped on me on that one tell, tell me the children's names oh, yes. and a little about the, each el one. the eldest is Donna Marie and uh, she's 50 now um, what year was she born 
Oh, come on, you're getting the technical <laughs> now. She'll be 50 on the 25th of September. She's 49. Oh, okay. she's 49. Okay. Well, we'll stick with 49, and the rest of them, I tell you, they're virtually three years in, in between. Um, she's, <coughs> excuse me, at the moment in Australia, just on a bit of a working holiday with her, one of her boyfriends. <coughs> My next daughter is Leanne Mary, and she's married to a farmer's son, uh, uh, Lloyd Field, and they have two, two children. Sorry, Donna has um, two children, one adopted and one of her own. Um, Leanne and Lloyd have two boys, and she's a technician for an oil company at Oanui. It's uh, an oil production station. She's their uh, head, head technician. Uh, that's the testing of the samples as they come in. Tony, my next youngest, she's married to uh, Raymond Moffat, and they also have two boys. She's Tony Melissa. Uh, Tony Melissa, um, and she works for a pharmacy, a chemist, and she's also, I suppose, classed as a technician. She's uh, qualified to prescribe or fill out the prescriptions that the doctors send into them for the people. Uh, then the twin boys, um, one is a qualified builder, the other is a qualified uh, engineer, but at the moment they're having time out from their professions and they're working for a lactose company. They're both um, computer technicians uh, helping run this lactose plant, which is a byproduct of milk. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, Jody Roy, uh, is the eldest of the two, and Reese James. And, their middle names are both their their grandfather's um, names. What about uh, grandchildren? Do you have grandchildren? grandchildren? Yes, yes, we have one grandchild. Um, it's a female. Um, that's Donna's eldest uh, girl. Um, it's funny that she she couldn't. She, she, she had trouble carrying uh, little boys, so we're hoping this isn't going to carry on down the line that this may happen because her daughter has given birth to a, uh, she gave birth to a little girl. But, oh no, hang on, it's a little, little, little boy, um, Caleb, how old's Caleb now? Hmm? Credence. Credence. He's fine. He's what? He's fine. Yeah, how old is he? Nine months. That's, that's our great-grandchild, um, which is the child of... That's the name. Donna has two children. Yeah. Kimberly J. Kimberly J. That's a... Kimberly, I was trying to get. And Kimberly has a son, Credence. Yeah. But and how is Kimberly? 25. Kimberly's 25, right. And Nathan, our one is 20, adopted one's 26. And he's just returned from the South Island working on the Christchurch rebuild. Um, and he's got himself a job in New Plymouth. So he just came back from the South Island and fell straight into a, a job with a concrete contractor. 
Mm. And we got all these other people in the museum saying they they can't get jobs. They're on the on the dole, and mm-hmm. they can get work if they want to. Um, uh-huh. Want to look for it and are prepared to do it. So. Um, <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about your trip, your your recent trip. Where all did you go? Okay, we we left from the New Plymouth Airport in New, in New Zealand and went up to Auckland International Airport. There we caught the plane, uh, direct flight to Los Angeles. Uh, we had a few hours at Los Angeles Airport and then we went to Heathrow uh, in England and we spent two, two weeks, four weeks, four weeks tripping around various parts of England. Um, we have friends that come over to New Zealand every year from England and we had a few days with them. One lived in London and the other lived up in, in the border of Wales. So we spent a bit of time with them and then we went through to Scotland and we'd borrowed a, a car from my friends in, in uh, Wales. So we had that for the next uh, couple, couple of weeks. Yeah, the next couple of weeks. And we did probably around 2,000 uh, miles tripping around uh, Scotland. And then after meeting a lot of her family on, on the Gordon side of the family, we tripped up to Vancouver Island where she had another another relation and we spent a few days there. Uh, and then we caught a boat from Vancouver and went up through the what they call the Inside Passage uh, on a, a vessel and saw quite a bit of Alaska and called into three ports and then we came down to Seattle, that took seven days and we came down to Seattle and caught the overland train uh, two and a half days to Chicago and spent a couple of nights in Chicago Uh, then down to Tulsa um, where we were picked up by Nancy Mm. and John um, and uh, we returned to Independence and spent a week there. And this afternoon we're on our way back to Tulsa, and tomorrow we'll be departing Tulsa, going via, is it Denver? It's calling into? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we leave the International Airport at Tulsa, we drop into Denver, and then Denver to Los Angeles. And uh, sorry, San Francisco, and then we spend a couple of days in San Francisco, uh, where we're going to go to Alcatraz, um, look at the Golden Gate Bridge, which is not gold, it's red. <laughs> I'm going to find out why it's called the Golden Gate, and then we'll be back to. Uh, International Airport at San Francisco and home to Auckland. In Auckland to New Plymouth and New Plymouth to Abenaki where we live. Wow. It's been quite a trip. It's been just over eight 
eight weeks, eight and a fifth, no, eight weeks. It has been a long trip. Uh-huh. But it's been a lot of fun. We've uh-huh. had a lot of fun on the way. Good, good. Um, we're really enjoying We're enjoying this part in America a lot more than what I thought. I thought I would really. Really? Good. Because I found out so much information uh-huh. and I've met so many lovely people. That's um, really great. It's, it's not what you see portrayed in movies and that that we see in New Zealand at all. The, the, the people are just much nicer than what, what you know we see them portrayed. How did you feel about you, yesterday you met um, a relative of, of your father, your birth yeah, father? Yeah. How did that feel? Joe and Joyce, you know, Joe, that was, in the similarities, that was incredible, that was really incredible, you know, I, I, words can't explain that, um, I can't do on it too much, so I might come to tears and that would annoy me, um, but, and, and, and the information he gave us and the photos he gave us, there's, there's just no denying that I'm definitely a Miller uh, from mm-hmm. all the photos. Uh, yeah. there's, there's just too many, too much resemblance there between, uh, between the them. Mm. Especially the ears. <laughs> yeah, especially. <laughs> my wife commented, especially the ears. Here. We, we've got big ears, but we don't really, uh, we don't really listen into other people's conversations. It's just we've got the way we were born. <laughs> Your ears are shaped very similarly. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a he's a wonderful man. Uh, we'll keep uh, corresponding with him as as we will with you two. Mm-hmm. Um, but as uh, Joe said, there's to his knowledge there'd be no more of the Miller family in Independence. If it was any, they 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 wouldn't right. be in the same line. But he's going to research another one uh-huh. further out and and try. Because I still would like to find out about the the other sister and the, and the brother right. of uh, Jack's. Yeah. Because Leanne was so sure that she had found them, mm-hmm. um, and then she lost track. She she lost some of her records, didn't she, Nora? And she. I think she found kept on with the sister, and Joe knows the sister. Ah. I'm a G- yeah. I'm a ginger. Uh, yeah. We just had the wrong name. We had Geraldine. Or something. And, yeah, and yeah. I think. Imogene and Geraldine are the same oh, person. That could have been. Yeah, that could have been where that, that came that in. Was the, a nickname, yeah. And is Imogene still alive? No, she no, she, no. no she did pass yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that that satisfies me on that one. I, you know, I. Um, well, we'll continue yeah. to see what we can find out. Yes. Yeah. I think you've you've become family to us as well. Yeah. Well. And yeah. It's been a treasured visit for us. Um, oh, it's been great. There's so much more I could ask you, but uh, we probably should wrap it up so we can get you to Tulsa. But I'd like to ask you um, a couple of things. Are there any things that you'd like to pass on to your children or to uh, your family? Um, life lessons. What's the most important life lesson that that you've learned over the years? Are, is there some, something you'd like to tell us all? For me it's asked questions from an early age. 
-hmm. ask questions from an early age. Yeah. Don't leave it too long. Don't what? Don't leave it too long. See, this this is this is referring back to me too. Uh huh. I left. I had all these suspicions, uh, and I've known for so long, Uh but I never. I never actually approached my mother about them. I, mm-hmm. I just thought one day she's going to let loose. Right. So I wouldn't pressure. Mm-hmm. But I think Nora's getting at it here. I had those uh, little queries. I should have been asking them right from the beginning. Uh-huh. So that's what Nora's saying, I think. If you've got any questions to ask of your parents, ask, don't let them bottle up. Uh-huh. Ask the question. It doesn't matter if it sounds personal. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a child. You know, it's, right. your, your parents will understand, hopefully. But mine also is, you know, live live life as, as, as clean as you can and as honestly as you can. Um, and treat the next person as you would like to be treated yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of like love one another. Yes. Not quite that, yes. not quite that stage, but. <clears throat> and my last question. How would you like to be remembered? At the moment, I'm remembered by my my clan as the Og. As the what? The Og. Ooh. <laughs> Here's the wife nodding her head. Now, let's explain that. I guess in a lot of ways he was an absentee father for uh-huh. much of my children's life. Um, he, was, he was a workaholic to a degree, but he also liked his personal social uh-huh. side to it as well. So I'm afraid, unfortunately, work came first and the family came a little bit down the road, uh-huh. which um, the kids and I coped with. Uh-huh. But I think it has, they haven't bonded the same. Uh-huh. Um, with Gary, as they have with me, mm-hmm. which really makes me sad. Yeah, and I think he's feeling it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a little bit more now that he's got more time. And yeah, spending a lot more time at home. But yeah, but also with you, love, as, as a kindergarten and well, for the start, placing the teacher, you had the children under your wings right from morning right till night. Um, yeah, I'd see them a bit at at, at um, lunchtime if they were home for lunch. No, I wouldn't have seen them at lunchtime, would I? They, they, were, they were always at school. And of course, after work at half past four, um, all us guys always went to the hotel for yes. a few drinks. Uh-huh. And sometimes when I got home, the kids were virtually in bed. Yes. So I didn't get to see a lot of the, the, the You know the sort of things you would like to have done when you were younger? <laughs> it was a choice thing, though. Go ahead and finish this. But, but that's somewhat it was just their lives. normal because yeah, that's it, what men it was do. New, it was in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was yes. a normal thing in New Zealand. Yes. It was a, lot, a, a lot of the kids had the same, same, same sort of life. So it's a regret. It is. But it is a regret. It's just part of life. It's life yeah. learning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but I think our children have learned from it because they are wonderful parents. Uh-huh. And wonderful. Yeah. They do yeah. everything for their children. Not saying that we didn't do everything uh-huh. for our children, I mean, uh-huh. what he did. Oh, no, no, we had weekends did, and that. Yeah, lots with our children. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, the, the closeness was But there's just that, 
But what during do you the want, work. What do you want them to know about you? What do you? They they know everything. What, they what know. memory do you want them to carry? What do you want them to remember? Well, I suppose the boys will re remember me because Jodie brings it up quite often is that I taught them how to use woodworking tools, um, gas working tools and these sort of things that our kids at home now, their parents just don't, they don't know it. I had my grandparents taught me a lot of stuff and then my father taught me a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, the young ones today, they're not learning this from their parents because their parents were never shown. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's where my boys will always remember me uh, is because I taught them how to use all those tools in the first place, which they're both qualified. One's a qualified builder, the other's a qualified engineer. So they got that influence mm -hmm. into getting into those fields, partly due to me, so I, I think they remember me there. Uh -huh. um, I'm not sure about the girls. Um, Donna will always remember me because she... Uh, always talks about me. When she's having a beer, she's just saying, someone's got to keep up that tradition for Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not good. <laughs> it's her way. But the other two, um, I don't they know, Leanne. Leanne's dad and Leanne. they love him. Yeah, they just love me. They, I'm Dad and they love uh -huh. me. That, that, um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so, Nancy. Um, only that uh, my wife hopes that we can get back here mm -hmm. one day. Um, it would be, of course, a, a trip included to get back to uh, Scotland as well. It would be the Scotland, mm -hmm. Scotland, America. Um, but it's just a matter of uh, waiting and seeing how much more we can pull up in the, in the genealogy. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Joe comes up with. And uh, I don't want you working yourself to death looking for stuff for me. But no. Whatever you, whatever you find is going to naturally be. Whenever I can't sleep, help. I'll be doing your genealogy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But if any stage in life that you can manage a trip over there, you're more than welcome at our place. Um, as I've told you, it's virtually open home uh -huh. to, uh, to people. We had a lot of people, had, we've had a lot of people stay uh, with us over the years. Some have been complete strangers, uh -huh. but uh, others have been people we've just met on the way and invited them for a weekend or whatever. But that's the way we are. Uh -huh. It's homely, homely, welcoming people. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've thoroughly enjoyed having you here. It's yeah, been, it's been a great pleasure meeting you and John. And it's been a pleasure and a privilege getting to share this experience with you. Thank you.